So the stereotype of Asians being this quiet, meek kind of thing, you know, I, I certainly am not that stereotype and never have been. People really, they're so shocked when they hear Asians that are outspoken. My guest this week on Mindful Headlines is Catherine Chang. She tells us about an awareness campaign launched last year to support the AANHPI community. That's Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander. For instance, in our first campaign, we had Doug Baldwin. I don't think anybody knew that he was part Asian. And, you know, that that's kind of a, um, and maybe that's more Seattle, right? But even in Seattle, nope, I don't think a lot of people realize that. The national campaign is called OSAs, also an acronym which stands for Our Stories Are Your Stories. It was launched here in Western Washington, and it's basically video storytelling, videos of people sharing their own experiences. And you can share your story, too. Catherine will tell us what it's all about. We'll also talk about the rise in anti-Asian racism and xenophobia these past few years. Remember, there are links and resources in our show notes, so be sure to check that out. So, Catherine, thanks for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about this grassroots awareness campaign that you've launched. Well, so um, it was probably, I, I mean, about a year, a little bit over a year ago um, when the in Atlanta, there were shootings that happened and um, in the media had described it. Um, they said that it wasn't a hate crime or it hadn't been designated as a hate crime because they were sex workers. And it, I don't know, something triggered in me. And, um, and I just got so angry and I thought you got to be kidding me just because they're Asian and it's a, um, and I don't even know if it was called a massage parlor parlor or whatever it was, but, um, they're going to designate this as not a hate crime because these people are not worthy of it. It just really made me angry. But then I kept thinking about it more and more. And, you know, I had been angry because a lot of anti-Asian hate crimes were happening, um, you know, before that. But when this happened, the neighborhood in the surrounding area, you know, they kept reporting how this was such a prominent area of Atlanta. But this was sort of the the seedy part because it had this, you know, this sort of dark, dark sort of pall over it. And I just it just made me so angry. So I thought, gosh, you know what? This is because people don't actually identify us as being relevant or mattering. And why don't they do that? Because we're invisible. And I just wanted us to be seen and heard. And I kind of realized that like there, there aren't a lot of stories out there of Asians. And I'm not talking about the prominent ones, right? The ones that we see in the news that are, um, that are actors and you know, of course, after Crazy Rich Asians, there was this this kind of insurgence of of um, you know Asian awareness, I guess. And you know, it's, I'm talking about the people who 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 are in our everyday lives, um, the people who are doing the services and um, and have these hard lives, and they come to this country because just like everybody else, they're looking for a better life. But to to just disregard them because you know you they're of a stereotype it just really made me angry so i contacted a um, um, couple of friends and and you know thought gosh we could do something about this we can tell the stories we really need to be seen and heard because we you know i think that people think of us as sort of you know we're not we're not as active as maybe the african american community so we're you know and we and we've had you know we've done that in the past because of things like world war 2 and and the japanese internment and the chinese exclusion act so you know we've all been taught a lot in our you know, as we were growing up, sort of don't make waves, let's kind of stay under the radar so that no attention is brought to us. But that's actually not who we are. 
And so the stereotype of Asians being this quiet, meek kind of thing, you know, I, I certainly am not that stereotype and never have been. But I think, you know, it's interesting when you reflect on it, that people really, they're so shocked when they hear Asians that are outspoken. So after that particular incident, because, you know, it was so um, telling of, of the stereotyping, um, of course, all the other hate acts that have been happening have been terrible. And watching it is just it's, I don't even know how to, how to describe, um, you know, the reaction that, that happens within us that, you know, when we see this, this mm-hmm. going on, but such cowardly acts. So it really, it was just about telling our stories and showing that we belong here, that we are part of the fabric of this country. And we have built this country just like everybody else. We really were part of building this country. So that's really the beginning of it. And so it's, the concept, right, of our voices are your voices. That's the name of the campaign, right? Or is it our stories are your stories? Our stories are your stories. Yeah. And the 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 thing the reason that that sort of um, came about was trying to figure out, you know, how will this campaign resonate? Because while we are telling stories of Asian Pacific Islanders, it's not just about us, right? It's we are trying to show that regardless of who you are, our stories are very similar. You know, there are stories of a lot of success. And of course, we we have a lot of successful people in these stories, because we also know that, you know, in this day and age, you have to have that to get people to draw in, you know, to draw people in to see and hear things. Um, and so, you know, we're also showing that we're, we're not only are we a diverse group of people, I mean, it, we, we have backgrounds that are so blended. And, um, and so a lot of times people have no idea. For instance, in our first campaign, we had Doug Baldwin. I don't think anybody knew that he was part Asian. And, you know, that, that's kind of a, um, and maybe that's more Seattle, right? But even in Seattle, no, I don't think a lot of people realize that. So really understanding that there are so many diverse um, cultures and um, ethnicities within being AAPI. And now it's actually where, you know, it's, it's called AAPI. NHPI to um, to identify that Native Hawaiians are not just Pacific Islanders. So there's there there's it's it's constantly evolving because there really are so many aspects to who you are as Asian American. And so the the stories are trying to show the diversity of um, of the cultures, the ethnicities, but also the range of of areas in which we contribute in this country. Um, there's also just, I mean, the rich stories of the the historical piece, right? Like there's there's um, there are people who've been here for so many generations. We don't even realize, you know, to the very recent immigrants. So we're trying to just tell that story of um, of diversity and showing that whatever stories we have, and they're they're very different, they're unique, but overall, it could be anyone else. It could be anyone else fitting in, their cultures fitting in, because ultimately it's a story of, um, of being immigrants coming to this country because everybody's an immigrant who's, you know, everybody has descended from an immigrant to this country and how that played out as, um, as we've sort of settled in to live our lives and to try and have a good life here. Yeah, and our common humanity, right? And as we travel more and know more about other cultures, we can find links that link us all together. It's interesting that you're saying all this too, because as I mentioned before we started recording, I did a podcast episode with the Wing Loop Museum. And I know you're supported by the Wing Loop Museum or you're working in conjunction with the museum for this campaign. 
And I remember I'm having flashbacks to having that conversation last year about how the Asian community in particular is very diverse. There's so many cultures in there and, um, you know, East Asian may be different from West Asian and just even what we might think of when we hear the term Asian in our minds, is it, you know, someone from East Asia or West Asia? What kind of culture is it? What kind of religion do they follow, right? So even that stereotype for some people is very specific when in reality, it's very multicultural and very diverse. Um, And we were trying to unpack that in my last podcast and there was just so many different ways to go with it. And just, it was a very complex Thing to try to explain, even the Wing Lake Museum has had trouble with its name, you know, changing the name, like yeah. you said, to include Native Hawaiians or Pacific Islanders as well. And so is that, do you think, something that people don't realize? And, and I'm going to ask you a very Western Washington question, but do you think that that's, we have more of an awareness here in Western Washington? Because we do have a pretty high Asian population. Yeah, I think that pockets around the country have that. So California, we here in, in Western Washington, um, and then um, yeah, in New York maybe places. But but the Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander is really you know it's not unique to Western Washington, but definitely with the with the um, proximity and um, and just the the um, influx um, from those countries and those islands, it, it does make it so that we might have more of a, an awareness. Um, and certainly, I mean, I. I serve on the board of the Wing Location Museum, who is our fiscal sponsor. Um, but uh, I've been on the board for um, for about twenty years now, and um, and you know throughout that time, you know the evolution of the different terms and um, and even the awareness for us as a museum of who we represent. Um, so many of our exhibits there are are really trying to um, give insight into the different types of. Um, what you know, d- the different countries that Asia represents that are coming to um, to the U.S. and um, and so when you talk about about really the identity piece, you know, we're really trying to um, to evolve that because um, some of the terms are very general and um, and literally it's changing year by year, and so it can get confusing. But um, but I. I think that the the great thing about a museum like the Wing Luke Asian Museum is that you know regardless of what the name is of the museum, it it started from a point of trying to provide a place for culture, for social justice, for um, for the for gatherings um, of all ethnicities of Asian and other cultures, um, and so so I think that you know when we talk about the representation piece, you know, this, what we're trying to do is, is dispel stereotypes that Asian just doesn't just mean, you know, you're coming from um, Japanese ancestry or Chinese ancestry. It's really trying to identify and educate people that, um, that there's also even a melding of those cultures, right? There's, there, it, it's not what you, it's not just what, it's, it's not very black and white. It's not what you think all the time. Even this mixture of culture from other places, a lot of, as you said, everyone immigrates here, but then this collective culture that we have in America is very different than someone that you might meet from overseas, right? I'm an immigrant and my culture is not Brazilian, even though I was born in Brazil because I've lived so much of my life here. So it's very unique to my own personal experience, right? And I think that's the beauty of the campaign as I've seen it 
is that we all have individual stories. We are just this mixture of so many different experiences in our own lives and the people that have shaped our own lives, right? So it's not everyone's story is so unique. And then yet there's this like similarity that kind of runs through it. Exactly. And that's why the Our Stories Are Your Stories um, tagline, it, it makes sense because we could be talking about immigrants from Africa or immigrants from um, Latin America or other parts. And, and, and like you said, it's, it's the similar stories, but each have unique experiences. So let me ask you, if someone wants to share their story, how do they do that? Because I know you're collecting stories. Yeah. So, um, so we, we want people to tell their stories because part of this is what we, what we were hoping for is sort of a, um, a, what do you call it? The butterfly effect, I suppose, right? Like um, we want to share these stories out and kind of talk and, and they're not long. I mean, they're, they're very short just to kind of pull out the little things that might, um, might, people might not know about um, whomever that we're, you know, whoever we're um, uh, interviewing. And, um, and, but, but I think that what we want to do is have it, have this platform for anybody to share their story, to say, here's my, my story, not just my immigrants or here's my story. Um, you know, this is who I am. This is what I do. And here's, you know, why, why I matter kind of thing, or this is, um, you know, the, the story of my mother or the story of my, um, grandmother, you know, there's this uniqueness to, again, those stories. So they can go to, um, the, the our stories are your stories tagline and there any anywhere where we have it um, have it posted because we're trying to it's a social media campaign mostly but you can click on there and there's there's actually information about how you can post your stories um, also the wing luke has it on their um, their website since they are our fiscal sponsor you mentioned these short stories maybe someone listening is thinking well what would i say so can you give us an example um, you know i know it can probably run the gamut but just what's an example of something someone might say yeah, so it might be something as simple as, you know, my name is Catherine Chang and I'm Chinese American. My mother was an immigrant and, you know, I have kids that are Hapa. And here's what I'm trying to, you know, say about myself, right? Like this is, so for instance, I'm doing one on my mom where my, my kids are actually going to do one on my mom. And, and what I want them to learn is, you know, that here's this woman, she's 88 years old. And she was a cancer researcher. She was the single mother of four kids. She raised four daughters in this time that was very, um, you know, and, and not to talk about the negative things. That's the thing is that we're, we're this is not, so this, this, I have to be honest, this whole campaign was born out of a lot of anger. I mean, I have to, you know, it was, it was not a happy kind of like, you know, it's more like, okay. Damn, they need, you know, people need to know, you know, but, but what it's, what actually the, um, that the, the purpose of it is to tell positive stories about who we are. So just know us. So it's really like, you know, I'd love to hear from, you know, here's, here's, here's something, you know, we have, and these are stereotypical jobs, but they are the jobs that we see, you know, that are owned by Asians, you know, restaurants or um, dry cleaners or, you know, nail salons. <clears throat> these are people that are in our everyday lives. We should get to know them. So I would love people to to actually, you know, tell a story of someone they know that is in their lives like that. Like this is so and so. She's been doing my nails for five years, and here's her story. She came from this country, and this is, you know, this is how she's been able to make a life for herself. Or, you know, or if if it is on your own story, you know, 
this is me. This is, you know, this is what I came to. And these were the things I've overcome. And here's, here's how I'm living my life here. So it's hard for me to tell you exactly, because what we're trying to do is just give people a platform to tell the story they want to tell, um, to share, you know, we have a, um, one of our, one of my co-founders, Mari, she, her story is about her mother who was in the internment camp. And it's about three generations, you know, after having lived through the internment camp, she's still alive and can tell those, share the, the experience and, you know, how the generations after what, what the success has been in terms of, you know, overcoming some hardship like that. Mm-hmm. So there's so much there that I, I, you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of all over the board with that, but, but it's really whatever you want people to know about you or about somebody that you know, who is Asian and has a story, everybody has a story. It sounds like even if you are not of Asian descent, that you can participate in this campaign as well. That you're hoping that people will to drive community engagement with all of this, right? Yeah, yeah. The initial goal of this, and of course, we had to we had to really kind of narrow it down because you know it it does it costs money. We had some great sponsors that that really stepped that we raised over one hundred fifty thousand dollars in less than a month to to do this campaign because this happened. I think it was I think it was in um, April when this happened when the 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 incident happened. And then we kind of got together and said, we have to do something. And, um, and we kind of had to brainstorm all the things, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And luckily, you know, my team members, Mari Harita, um, Betty Fujikato, Mimi Gan, and um, Maya Mendoza, Maya Mendoza, um, they were all so instrumental in what Mimi and Betty, you know, they, they're the force behind the production, especially Mimi doing the, the actual video, um, you know, production and um, interviewing. Um, Betty was just really the one keeping us all together. And, um, and then Mari and, um, and Maya and I, you know, fundraising and, um, and really doing kind of trying to pull together who, were, who we were going to interview and that type of thing. So it was just this, this amazing group of women, Asian women that came together to, to put, you know, put this thing together so quickly. And so the stories initially were, you know, the idea was let's tell, let's tell all stories and tell the stories of people who may not have that voice. Like I was telling you before, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who, who don't think they have a voice and we want to highlight them as well. But then, you know, with the campaign being so specific and our timeline being so short, we did have to hone in and, um, and, and, you know, go to certain people. But, uh, but I think that, you know, what we want to do is amplify this. And this is our second year in doing it. We want people to highlight those people in their lives that they care so deeply about. You know, what's fascinating is that a lot of times this happens, and I, I'm sure you've seen this is that, um, you know, even people who have a lot of prejudices, you know, if they know somebody, they'll say, well, yeah, you know, those people, oh, except for this person that I know who does my, you know, and it, it's all something so ridiculous, like, um, you know, oh, it's a person that does these things that, that I would, that, that are keeping my life going, right? My housekeeper, my nails, my hair or eyes, whatever. If you knew more people of different races and ethnicities, I think that your mind would be open, not just to the one person that you knew, right? That you, that's in your life. But that's why I think it's important to tell these stories of the people that are in your lives. Because sometimes, you know, these are people that have been in your lives for 15, 20 years, what do you know about them? Do you really know anything about them? And sometimes there are deep connections and deep relationships, but other people need to know that, right? Like it's, it's, it's sort of that it's again, that butterfly effect. Empathy comes from understanding and understanding comes from connection. And if you don't have the connection, and if you're not willing to have that connection, you lose the the ability. I mean, our country is in a 
in a pretty, it, it's in a pretty precarious state right now. And I think it's because of the lack of empathy that comes from a lack of understanding, but a lack of connection. Speaking of that, I know you have some big sponsors. I saw Alaska, um, Microsoft, Amazon, Amazon big Microsoft, names yeah. um, and big companies here in Western Washington. I know May is a very important month for the AAPI community. So is there a big drive this month to collect more of these stories? What's the plan for May? Yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately, we're already in May again. And, and, and you know, we we thought about this. We thought it would be a one year, um, a one year campaign. And um, but we started hearing so much feedback and people were saying, are you going to do it again? And then we've won actually a few awards, which is really gratifying. And so what awards again. Um, well, let's see. I, oh, gosh, <laughs> I'll get you a list. But I, I think there were two or three that we won. Um, and, but I'll, I'll let you know. I can't. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm a terrible. I'm a terrible. <laughs> no problem. So, so many awards you can't remember. <laughs> I think there's only two, but okay. but two more than we thought we would ever get, right? And um, and so I think so. I'll send those to you. But um, okay. But uh, but but uh, so we again, you know, we all have other things going on, jobs and and family and things. And so again, we we got together a month before. And, we were like, oh gosh, we probably should have done this earlier because we didn't think that there would be such a demand for it. And so here we are sort of in the last last minute, we're already in May, we've already launched um, the campaign and, um, and several have been, have been um, recorded, but then there are a few more that are happening. So, um, so yeah, I mean, um, we are looking for sponsors still because here's another thing, another um, point of interest, hopefully, is that when we, when we, when we embarked on this journey, we knew we needed a lot of help um, from production to um, camera, the camera people to um, photographers to, uh, to all kinds of, you know, we have a lot of help, PR um, and communications help, marketing. And we have an all Asian group of people that have helped us out. And many of them wanted to just do it for free, but we actually raised these funds so we could pay them f- fair wages um, and make sure that they all were paid so that, um, so that we, you know, we could, a lot of times, you know, we do these kind of things and we ask for help um, for free and we just don't think that's really fair. So that's why we did the fundraising and we were able to pay fair wages to all these um, these really amazing Asian American, um, the, the whole, I don't know how you call them. It's, it's our, it's our tribe. Basically. The whole crew. Yeah. Interesting. You say that because um, like you said, I've been in journalism for quite some time and a lot of the campaigns are relying on just volunteer time. And it's a lot of time often and it's a lot of effort and sweat and tears to make it all happen. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Well, and um, one thing that I'm mm-hmm. sorry, can I mention one thing? So we actually pushed this out for corporations. We were hoping that a lot of corporations have um, have started to take it on as um, you know, telling stories of their people. And one of the things is that's really helpful is that you know when you see about you know DEI is sort of the hot new term nowadays, and um, but a lot of times companies rely on the affinity groups to do a lot of this work. And so these people that are part of affinity groups, they don't get paid for the work that they do. And, and that's what, that's one of the things we're trying to trigger here is, you know, like, Hey, when people are, are sort of giving their time for these efforts that are really important and and people and companies say are important, pay them, value them. I want to ask you something that you've mentioned in this podcast that I just want you to reflect on a little bit. You said that a year ago, when we saw those horrific spa shootings in Atlanta, um, and I think the entire country was outraged by it, um, that 
a lot of this campaign was born from this anger from you know, being upset about this event. And then it transformed into telling these positive stories and relaying positive messages of what it means to be um, a part of this community. So tell me, where did that transform for you? And and how have you been able to make that positive switch in your mind? Um, So yeah, it started out of a lot of anger. I mean, just watching the coverage over and over and, you know, watching it with my kids. I have 13 year old twin boys. And trying to really teach them about these things is, has been, you know, a little bit difficult, um, but I'm very open. I mean, I've been very open about these things their whole lives. And, um, but this one just made me so mad. And so trying, but, but I also knew that anger doesn't resonate. Anger doesn't, um, anger will not make people listen. And so when I kind of calmed down, <laughs> it was really that, I realized that it's about just sharing the stories of who we are. And again, you know, trying to dispel this, this thing, this rumor about us just sort of being silent. Um, you know, we're, we kind of blend in, we don't make noise, we don't make waves. And, um, and so the storytelling piece, the more that I started talking about how um, sharing stories was the way to make people see us and hear us and believe that we belong here because we do belong here. We have to believe it ourselves. It, it was just a natural, um, it, it was just a natural pivot to tell positive stories because that's ultimately what, you know, what we're all about here. We come, you know, a lot of our, our ancestors came here for a better life and we're living good lives. We just are living good lives right now with a little bit of fear. We cannot have that fear, but if we can share those stories of how we impact um, you know, how we impact the community, because so many people have no idea, then maybe people will have that understanding. And so anger was never an option in, in running this campaign. It was the catalyst. I absolutely, <laughs> absolutely own that. But, uh, but, uh, but, but it was always to, you know, it, it has to be led with compassion. And if you don't have that, then you're not going to have people listen. I just wanted to ask you about that again, because um, I appreciate your honesty in, in, acknowledging that that's where it came from, because I think um, as I've spoken to other people on these issues or these events that are really triggering, right, and really have a, um, a difficult emotional response, I know that we all have very complex emotions and that our emotions can change. And I love that this campaign came out of that um, as a positive response. I just thought, you know, it was really nice for you to say that, that your emotions have evolved and it's this beautiful campaign where people are able to share their stories and, and making an impact for sure. Um, but I have to, again, be honest with you, the anger is still there. <laughs> There's a lot of anger. I'm muting. I, I, I tend to use a lot of profanity and that sort of has, has overtaken my, you know, my vocabulary in the last <laughs> few years. But, but again, you know, that's, you also still have to have the anger, I have to say, because if you don't have the outrage and the anger, then there won't be the action. Um, this is a different type of action that has to come out of being compassionate and, and, um, and have that understanding. But there has to be anger in terms of, um, of policy, in terms of the way we report on things, in terms of the way that we identify people and, um, and put them in boxes. There has to be some sort of anger there because Otherwise, it becomes passive. This is why in the year 2020, 
one, we are still, we were still identifying, you know, people who work in a spa because they're Asian as sex workers, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like those stereotypes, they, they just haven't seemed to gone away. So we do have to have a healthy dose of anger to help drive the activism. So yeah. Just channeling it in the right way. (laughs) Exactly. That's the thing. It can live in harmony together. It's just that you have to have the fire, right? So is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to share, whether it's about the campaign, whether it's about where we are in this moment in time? I feel like a lot of the height of anti-Asian racism was about a year ago, but I don't think that's really slowed down. So is there anything else you want to add on that? Yeah, I, I actually don't think it has slowed down. And it's kind of like Black Lives Matter, the movement, it, you know, things hit this sort of pinnacle and we cannot forget because we have, you know, we have to consistently and, and constantly have it top of mind because if we don't, we forget and we think, oh, things have gotten better. And then another incident happens and it doesn't, it's not better. But we, but, you know, if we don't keep talking about it and keep educating and keep having open minds about it, then we, then, then literally nothing's changed. I mean, honestly, for African-Americans, for Asian-Americans, for Latino-Americans, I mean, if you think about it there, um, we, we have, we kind of just keep going in cycles in circles here. Like the, like nothing has really changed. Like things may, may have gotten better in some ways, but they've actually not changed much if you think about it. And so this anti-Asian hate, of course, this you know, I mean, when you look at things that happened in the past from the internment to um, to all of the, anti- the um, anti-Chinese sentiment back in the 1800s, you know, we're talking about looting and, um, and lynchings and burnings of all different types of things. I mean, harassment, those things, you know, they may not happen to the extent in terms of, um, you know, those were, those were like big communities kind of mob mentality, but we really haven't gotten that far from a mob mentality when you think about, um, you know, piling on and, and, you know, and it's not just Asians and, and African-Americans now, right? You're looking at, um, we've seen this happen. So we keep on repeating history. And the reason we keep repeating history is I think that history isn't, isn't taught um, in a way that everybody that comes to this country, that grew up in this country really understands, you know, and depending on where you grew up, History is different, but then also look at all of the um, the unwillingness to actually have it in curriculum these days. I mean, there's fear there from mm-hmm. people who do want to otherize us, because if we all of a sudden aren't other and we're actually part of the fabric of this country, what does that say? It's somehow threatening, but it shouldn't be. I mean, it, it should be something that's really a beautiful thing that um, that helps the country po- prosper. But um, but I think history is repeating itself, and it's such a dangerous thing. And you know, museums like the the Wing Location Museum and other museums around the country that deal with different ethnicities and cultures, they're so important to keep those stories alive because the last thing that we want to do is to repeat history. And, um, and it's, it's dangerous. Well, subjectivity of history lessons is an- another podcast entirely that we could spend hours talking about. But Catherine, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I will encourage all of my listeners to visit the Wing Luke Museum and to check out um, the campaign as well, especially if they would like to contribute. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Once again, that was Catherine Chang, one of the founders of the grassroots social media campaign called Our Stories Are Your Stories. If you have something you want to share with them, 
We have information in the show notes. There's also a link to the Wing Luke Museum. I'm Jessica Janner Castro, and you've been listening to the Mindful Headlines podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and family. I'll see you next week. Thank you.